Well, good morning, Mark Rogers here. It's good to see everybody on a early, early morning here in June. Um, got up early this morning with some thoughts, and it has to do with cancer. Um, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I in my life right now, there's there's uh, <clears throat> four individuals that have been diagnosed with cancer. And it is, it is a solemn thing because cancer is an interesting disease. When cancer, cancer is unlike anything else because if an accident suddenly happens, life changes and there isn't any kind of preparation for that. And uh, that, is, that is quite unique because cancer in their day, the day and technology that we have, we have the ability to say, oh, you have cancer such and such. And in having cancer such and such, you have such and such a prog prognosis and you have this kind of treatment that is laid out. <clears throat> we have marvelous, marvelous technology that's treating cancer uh, these days. And uh, so we, so cancer is unique from that and cancer also comes along and there's a whole host of variety of cancers as well, but it has a purpose. It all has a purpose. And so... I was wondering, I've got a next door neighbor, dear sister in the Lord, <clears throat> widow, and uh, she just came out of a major surgery, coming home, and was helping yesterday in her home, getting things ready with some others, and um, it, it recalled all too often to what, what I went through, uh, what I observed when I was 21 years old, my dad was going through cancer at the time. And life changes, other people step in, and it's, uh, it is tremendous. And then there's another dear sister, just turned 70 last week, and she's in her final days of cancer. She's fought cancer for many years, impacted many lives, and now it looks like her time on this earth is short. Her time with the Lord is going to be very, very soon to see her Lord and Savior face to face. My own aunt, just diagnosed with cancer, and then a uh, good friend of mine uh, yesterday, Ryan, if you're watching, this is what got me up early this morning is because of you. And I know you love the Lord and trust the Lord, but you've got some days ahead of you with your dad <clears throat> having a very aggressive cancer as well. And so with that, I thought I would bring forth a few portions that came to mind early this morning um, as I woke up in light of these things. And so... I'd like to go through three different scriptures briefly to review uh, the impact that cancer can make in a life or lives, that is. The first one, if we want to turn over to Job 1 and 2, I'm just going to read and highlight a few verses in the first two chapters of Job. We know the story well, where Job is, is um, impacted in the first chapter with Satan striking down in verse uh, 14, messenger was coming and running to Job and saying, the oxen were plowing, and the Sabians fell upon them. Verse 15, took them away. They slain the servants. Verse 15, and then it says in verse 16, you get this repeated. And while he was yet speaking, and while he was yet speaking, it says, the fire of God came down from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell them. And then while, while he was yet speaking, there came also another. The Chaldeans have carried away in three bands and fell upon the camels. 
while he was yet speaking, thy sons and thy daughters. Now here, it's not just the camels, it's not just the sheep, it's not just the oxen, it's also, it is also uh, his children. The sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest son, brother's house, and there came a great wind, smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men. Job arose, verse 20, think about it. All this is happening to Job in just very successive click and click and click. Job arose, rent his mantle, and shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, you know, always listen to some man <clears throat> that's going to go through a problem, a, 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 some heavy, heavy trial. And here this man says, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It says in the last verse of ch chapter 2, Job 2, And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So that was his whole family. That was all his wealth, just coming apart at the seams in literally just a few minutes. And he says, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. But then we turn over the next chapter, and Satan comes before God again, and God gives him permission to go ahead and touch his life, and so he smites him with boils, verse 7, chapter, no, Job 2, verse 7. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown, head to foot in boils. And he took him a pot shirt to scrape himself with all he sat down among the ashes. Wife was still there. and She says, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. But I want you to look at something. Let's meditate upon Job's second statement here. This is Job 2, verse 10. He said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did Job not sin with his lips. Interesting. He says, do we receive the good from God and we don't receive the bad from God? That's an interesting perspective. And he had this perspective to say, I have received, I was a wealthy man and now I'm not so wealthy. I receive it from God and God takes it away. He takes it away. So that was, that was Job there. And, and that is his response. Two responses. Again, just to recap that before we move on out of Job. Job 1, 21. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall return to the Lord. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then he says, if I... And then, and then Job 2, verse 10. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? So when we get that cancer diagnosis, <clears throat> why... We've had many years of, of loveliness and such, and now God's going to take us through the valley of the shadow of death. As I mentioned on Psalm 23, that portion out of Psalm 23, the valley of the shadow of death. Now I'd like to talk about something that, can't, that comes up around cancer, and it has to do with healing. And healing, people say, well, I want to be, want to be healed. Um, you need to be healed. And that is true. And we should pray for their healing. You know, and we should not only pray for the healing of, of their body, but the healing of their soul too, because maybe there's a work that needs to go on in my soul, your soul, everyone's soul, and there needs to be a healing of souls. So think about that. So let's jump over to, here we go, Acts chapter 3. 
Now, Acts chapter 3, this is an interesting man here. He's not a cancer situation, but I want to identify with this man here in Acts 3. And it says in verse 2, and a certain and a certain man came from his mother's womb, was carried when they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask of alms that entered into the temple, who seeing Jesus, uh, Peter and John about to get into the temple, asked him, asked of alms. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, says, to, says, look on us, and gave heed unto them, expecting to receive some, something of them. He says, Peter says in verse 6, silver and gold have I none. But such as I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bone received strength. Well, interesting enough, that's the reason why I read this, yes, it is a wonderful healing. But I want to think about this man for a moment. This lame man was sitting there, and he was there for many, many, many years. And he, interesting enough, he was sitting there lame in the temple gate. And you know something interesting? The Lord Jesus walked by him. The Lord Jesus walked by him. We don't read about the Lord Jesus walking by him, but we can, we can read further on that he was there from his youth, crippled. And in doing so, the Lord chose not to heal him. The Lord chose not to heal him. Now, that's a solemn thing. How does that, how do you reconcile that? Lord chose not to heal him. Well, there was apparently another work the Lord wanted to do. And that is when the Lord went back to glory, Peter and John were going to be his vessels. And he, they were going to be the the, the 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 instruments to heal him, right? And in healing him, there becomes this big, big to-do about this man that is healed. And I think it's such a beautiful thing to see that sometimes the timing of God is not our timing. The timing of God is not our timing. And I and I think it's important to get a hold of because we get frustrated with things and and the question is, is my timing on the same timetable as God's? And so this man, yes, he was healed, but he was on a different timetable than what he would want it to be. So I thought I'd bring that up here in, in Acts 3. Um, and now let's move on to the next portion here. <clears throat> and this has to do with the, the impact of a cancer upon everybody else. And basically... When that cancer comes through and the and the wider fellowship hears about it, that's a pretty solemn thing. So-and-so was just diagnosed with cancer. And it gives us a reality check. And, you know, that's why it's so important. If you don't have a collective prayer meeting every week to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, to be able to come together and have a collective prayer, prayer meeting, a time of collectively coming together as a group and bearing up these things before the Lord. And so when so-and-so has cancer, why, that is where we bear that one up before the Lord. And so we have a prayer meeting here in Acts 12, and we see here that, uh, you know, Peter is locked up. 
And these trials come along in our lives so that we fall on our knees and pray. And it's so encouraging to pray with others of like faith. We're bearing these things out before the Lord. And so in Acts 12, why he says, and he, in verse, uh, he's let out of jail in Acts 12. He's out on the cold streets at night, verse 11. And when Peter was come to himself, he says, Now I know of a surety the Lord has set his angel, has delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people, the Jews. And when he considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mary, where many were gathered together praying. Isn't it beautiful? Is that there were those that were gathered together and praying for Peter. And that's a precious thing to do. And it's a precious thing. I've been in prayer meetings before, and I'll never forget this. I'll never forget the first day, and I was roughly 20 years old at the time. I'll never forget the day that my dad announced in our prayer meeting that he had cancer. Never forget it. I, I was choked up. I had to walk out for a brief moment to compose myself because everything was still a shock for me at 20 years old. And, and yet to hear the prayers of the brethren as they realized that he was this, Phil Rogers was going to go through cancer. And, um, you know, and, and after looking back after that 12 months of 13 months of battling cancer, many lives are affected by someone going through a cancer thing. And that's why others are moved to pray and lives are impacted it is something that God is going to see one through a trial, <clears throat> and he's not going to make it for naught. He's not going to make it for no purpose at all. He's going to get the glory. And so there's going to be a work on the individual soul that's going through the cancer. There's going to be a work in the family uh, of their souls, and then there's going to be a work in the larger body of Christ. And even though my dear friend Ryan, <clears throat> who I love in the Lord... I don't know his dad. I don't even know his dad's first name, but I believe he's a dear believer as well. And I can bear him up even though he doesn't know me and I don't know him. And so it's a beautiful thing to bear one another up in prayer. And cancer tends to be the catalyst. Cancer tends to be the catalyst in bearing one another up in prayer. And so may, may we continue on in this late day realizing that there is prayer to be had there is cancer all around us strange strange cancer and there's things that uh, we don't understand and yet god is good and he knows what's going on and think about this it may be the healing of the body but more importantly it's the healing of the soul the healing of the spirit in fact this widow neighbor up the way you know, her husband, I was with her husband 15, 16 years ago. He went through a very similar cancer that my dad went through. And it struck me pretty hard because he was going through the same experience. And I heard, I heard that in that, in that one year that he too, he too had one year of this cancer. And the daughter was telling me in his journal that he was, his love for the Lord, his appreciation of the Lord, his relationship with the Lord was just, going gangbusters or growing beautiful isn't that beautiful the lord brings us through a trial and he brings us ever closer to him yea though i walk through the valley the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me 
Anyway, that's it for this morning. May we continue to pray for one another as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And so um, we'll be finding this out on the podcast platforms. You're always welcome to comment. Mark at Common Thoughts of Christ over on the podcast platforms, Facebook, YouTube, or the email. And with that, I look forward to seeing you on another stream where we may find ourselves waiting for the Lord and praying for others as we go along. May God richly bless you as we continue on in this pathway, and we'll see you next time.